Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, Republicans are monstrously monstrous monsters who want to kill everybody. A court ordered a woman to remove a rock, a painted rock from her yard or lose custody of her child? Asian Americans are buying firearms because, frankly, they're kind of getting sick of being attacked and beaten half to death by crazy black people. How do you reduce shootings? <laughs> Just ask the Ministry of Historical Erasure of the left. They want to erase guns from movies and ads and TV. And a sad goodbye at a formerly great network. And welcome, my friends, once again to the Daily Gator Daily Thought. And let's kick it off with some ESPN news. No, their ratings are not any lower, because frankly, they really couldn't get any lower. And one of the great anchors, the great thing about ESPN years ago was that they had great Anchors like Dan Patrick, Keith Oberman, who is a totally despicable swine of a human being, with my apology to swine. They, but he was excellent on Sports Center. He and Dan Patrick were a legendary duo. Very entertaining. Before he discovered what an absolute prick Keith Oberman is. Uh, but Kenny Mayne has left ESPN now after 27 years, and he was another really good anchor. There's a lot of them there who have been very entertaining over the years. Uh, and, and this dates back to before ESPN decided to become a, uh, basically a political action committee and donate so much of their time to, uh, to social justice issues. See, the thing was, ESPN might have experimented with getting politics into sports where the two actually met, but they had no balance. And the balance was all one way. It was all to the left. You know, Stephen A. Smith, also known as Screaming A. Smith, also known as Stephen, why the hell is he so damn loud, Smith? Uh, he used to say some pretty <clears throat> pretty interesting things when he commented on anything slightly political. He's gone off the off the bandwagon with the leftism. His partner, <clears throat> social junior social justice warrior in training, Max Kellerman, who's always offended over something and is a complete moron. Yeah, people like him. Yet everybody went to the left. Everyone was. It was like every every segment on ESPN was was no longer highlights. They used to show all these great highlights. You could get up at eight in the morning, whatever time it came on, turn on ESPN, 
and just watch an hour of sports. And, and you know what? It wasn't all talking heads or pining. It wasn't, let's look at the Brewers-Padres game from last night. It didn't matter if the Brewers-Padres was a, a battle of basement dwellers in the middle of September. Both teams eliminated. Both teams stunk. But they could have played a classic eight to seven games that went 11 innings. And there could have been a slew of great highlights to watch. And that entertained sports fans because sports fans, here's a shocker, like sports. And they don't really want politics discussed. And if it is, they want it kept to a minimum. And if it is, they want it to have some balance. Uh, But unfortunately, ESPN did not see that. And as they've gotten more and more social justice in sports, more and more propaganda from the left, and fewer and fewer highlights in actual sports, they've continued to lose ratings, meaning they lose money, meaning they have to let people go. And Kenny Bain uh, yesterday announced that he was a <clears throat> he was a salary cap casualty, as he put it. Like I said, he was there 27 years. He was a wisecracker. He was funny. He was entertaining. He had that kind of dry sarcasm, and I loved it. It was an entertaining guy, and I don't really know his politics. And I don't care. Get it, ESPN? I don't care what Kenny Maine's politics are. But if you want to get into ratings and why your ratings stink and are getting stinkier and stinkier all the time, I mean, why do you why do you keep uh, Max Kellerman around? No one likes the bum. He's a he's a an idiot. His specialty, I guess, is boxing. He sounds like he's been hit in the head too many times. But all we hear from him is social justice. He couldn't even comment on the freaking NFL draft about a month ago because he's too busy worrying himself half to death that the first three picks might all be white guys. Oh, the horror. What a race-baiting little turd. But you let people like Kenny Mango. And, and look, it's not all politics. There used to be an entertaining guy on ESPN he had a great NFL highlight show on Sunday after Sunday evenings about the time the 4 o'clock games all ended. You could turn it at ESPN and watch, uh, I believe it was called Game Day, NFL Game Day. Great music, great commentary. Berman was funny. Tom Jackson helped out. He was tremendous. Very knowledgeable guy. Seems like a really nice guy. And you had tons of great highlights from all the games. And you could literally sit there in an hour and catch up on a Sunday afternoon's NFL action. And I proceeded the Sunday night game. It was great. But that show slowly devolved into nothing but talking heads. And here, let's put the stats up for the fantasy football pricks. And I played fantasy football for a long time. And pretty much it was pretty easy. I won many, many, many leagues. And I didn't try that hard because it's not that hard. You know why I won? Because I wasn't so absorbed in every minutia, every bit of minutia. I wasn't a guy who'd say, well, I get this a great quarterback here and a, oh, this running back. Oh, I get the first two picks, these two guys. And look at this wide receiver. Oh, I look at the first three picks. But I wouldn't pick those because, well, two of them have uh, a common week by week. So I won't have them, those two that week. So what? I get them the other, uh, I guess was... 13 weeks of games that counted toward the league standings. Yeah, if you can get 12 great weeks and lose one, go for it. So I wasn't so absorbed in that. And I never took a kicker before the last damn pick. Because if you did that, 
You were a moron. But enough about that. Kenny Mayne has retired. He tweeted this. I am leaving ESPN. Salary cap casualty. He thanked in the tweet uh, current anchor Scott Van Pelt, who also is very good. I will miss the people, Mayne wrote. I will miss the people. I will miss the vending machine set up. Uh, cover by the old Van Pelt joint. We had everything. ESPN used to know these, uh, this is Sports Center little commercials, and they were all, used, generally speaking, hilarious, very funny. Um, in a subsequent tweet, Maine said he would continue appearing on the network until May the 24th, another couple weeks. And uh, former host Mike Golick, not Junior, no, not the prick of the family, uh, Mike Golick Sr who has some sense, spoke for many when he tweeted, we are getting to the point of being able to start a new network with former ESPN employees that went that were shown the door. Maybe you should do that. You'd probably be in the ratings if you stuck to sports. If they put people who actually know in charge, that would happen. And don't invite Jamel Hill. Uh, former sports center ankle Jamel Hill, speaking of the devil, who left in 2018 tweeted a wordless clip from the Shawshank Redemption showing Morgan Freeman's character leaving prison. See you on the other side, she told Maine, even though she probably hates him because he's white. Uh, even the ESPN rivals uh, at uh, Bleacher Report and Barstool Sports expressed their fondness. Look, I don't care about the guy's politics. He was good. That's why if he made the, uh, the occasional political comment, I didn't really care. People like Jamel Hill, who basically does her whole gig is race pimping and playing the victim and making race into everything. The woman can't open a, a freaking jar of strawberry jam or strawberry preserves without seeing something racial in the experience. It's pathetic. Especially because she's really a privileged person. Fact is, if she wasn't a woman and black, she would have never gotten hired at ESPN because she had no talent. She wasn't entertaining. Like I said, uh, Scott Van Pelt, I believe, fairly liberal. Don't hold me to it. Uh, Keith Overman is is a left-wing nutcase, but he was phenomenally talented on SportsCenter, so I didn't really care what his politics were. Just like I don't care for the best, the stud running back on my favorite team uh, is a, a leftist. I don't care. Shut up. Stand up for the anthem. Keep your opinions to yourself till after the game. Go play hard. I'll be a fan. It's that simple. I don't dislike people because of politics. I dislike them when they put the politics in the workplace and force you to watch it and then pretend like you're less than them if you don't share their opinions. Don't be preachy, in other words. But uh, somebody on Twitter tweeted something about Kenny Mayne leaving, and I thought it was very, very profound. He tweeted, if only ESPN would get rid of people like Max Kellerman... And keep people like uh, like Kenny Mayne, who are actually entertaining and are good at things, at commenting and, and reporting on sports. Amen. A real clarification. I think I, I kind of skipped over the Chris Berman commentary on him. At a point, Chris Berman became a character of himself. And they took the NFL game day off for some stupid reason because highlights are not to be shown anymore. It's all talking heads telling us what we saw. Which most of it, if you're a real, really big fan of something, you don't need the talking head. Okay? So they can sit down and shut up as far as I'm concerned. 
And Berman just became kind of a, a character of himself, uh, an overbearing, overbombastic play-by-play guy in baseball, a guy with tired old nicknames that no one wanted to hear anymore. And he's basically a fossil that they keep around. And that's, that's not trying to demean Chris Berman. But if you're trying to keep ESPN's ratings or get them up above, you know, 10 feet below sea level, basically, you get rid of the fossils. You have people who are entertaining. Uh, but again, I don't run ESPN, and you can tell by their ratings. Now, how do we reduce shootings in America? The left would call it gun violence because certain forms of violence, boys and girls, are worse than others. You didn't know that, did you? That's right. Imagine the, the, the joy in, in a wife or husband who's waiting for their spouse to come home and the doorbell rings and there's police officers there and they, they have to regret regretfully inform this husband or wife that their spouse was killed. And then they say, but you can, you can feel better about it because she wasn't a victim of gun violence. He wasn't a victim of gun violence. They were actually stabbed to death or beaten to death or strangled or run down by a car because that would be so much better. Yeah, the left has this fascination. They hate guns so much. And they like to pretend as if a person who is who carries a firearm tries to defend themselves and is killed by the, the, the violent bad guy is worse than the person who had no gun to defend themselves. They're both dead. The only difference is one had a fighting chance. As for me, give me the fighting chance. I'll take it. If I fail, I fail. But, and that would suck for me, but uh, to make me disarmed does not make me morally superior somehow. Uh, The left is very twisted, folks. But the latest idea to reduce shootings. Uh, this piece is by Dan Romer and Patrick E. Jameson. Is to give guns on TV the cigarette treatment. Yeah. Kill them like you killed off Joe Camel. Don't show them on TV. Now, I'm not sure what they mean. Let's look at this and see exactly uh, what this would mean. The co-authors... And it took two people to write this on the hill because when writing is this bad, it usually takes a partner. You can't do it alone. In unveiling a set of executive orders in April, President Joe Biden called gun violence an epidemic and an international embarrassment. He might have been talking about himself there. I'm not sure. To fully understand gun violence, the left loves that phrase. All violence is gun related. Don't you know that? And the American demand for guns. A good place to start looking is at entertainment media such as movies and television. The U.S. is experiencing a rise in gun-related homicides. Hmm. Related to the pandemic crisis, it's, it's actually not the pandemic. Now, the pandemic has caused people to buy more firearms. You know what else has caused, it to buy more, caused them to buy more firearms? They see riots in the streets not being stopped by police. They see the police being defunded, being criticized, being bashed all the time, being called racist, being accused of horrible things. They see city after city caving into thugs from Antifa and BLM. And they see the police quitting, retiring, 
because they, they can't do their damn jobs anymore. They see police being criticized, even when they even on TV where the clip being played is obvious that they're saving an innocent human being's life from a uh, a teenager with a knife fixing to gut her. Even though when they see that, they jump and say the police officer should be prosecuted. Morons like LeBron James post pictures of said officer who was a hero and said you're next before he figured he'd take it down before he got his ass sued even then and have you noticed people that story the Micaiah Bryant story the the girl with a knife have you noticed that the media has not found the girl that was the would-be victim has not talked to her family and how much they're happy she's alive that part of the narrative goes away because it's not part of the approved narrative so the left is after your gun. If you own a gun, you're bad. <clears throat> Back to the piece, but gun deaths have long been a public health crisis, especially for young people. During the crime wave starting in the late 1980s, young people were the victims of a dramatic rise in gun homicides. While those rates have declined, the rates of gun deaths for 15 to 24-year-olds remains higher during the crime rise of the late of the late 1960s and 70s well it was it was interesting in the in the when when states began passing concealed carry permits and more of them and more of them did it when gun sales started to go up when people started carrying more firearms legally we saw something funny happen the left was wetting their pants all the time on TV. Oh my God, there'll be blood in the streets. Wild West shootouts. Every time there's there's somebody blows a horn, 29,000 people will be gunned down. Whatever ridiculous exaggerations and assumptions these idiots made, violent crime went down and continued to go down, 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 down for far more, over two decades. 25, maybe 30 years. And then... Then there was an increase during this recent pandemic because, again, people saw one thing. Gun sales went up. They saw what was happening with police, that police were being handcuffed and shamed and their jobs were getting harder. And then they hear the police are quitting. Police are being defunded. But the violent, the, 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 the rise in violent crimes has not been because of that. It's been because thugs... Criminals, gangbangers, hoodlums, street trash, if you will, have taken advantage of the police being shamed and defunded and, and feeling like they have to retire. They don't want to do it anymore. They don't want to take the abuse anymore. They don't want to risk their lives and then risk going to prison for the rest of their lives every time they have to use force. They saw that and they said, hey, my job just got easier as a criminal. That's why carjackings are up. That's why Chicago is, well, Chicago's always been this way. If gun control worked, folks, Chicago, New York City, and L.A. would be crime-free. And many other liberally-run cities across America. But it doesn't work. Bad guys still get firearms. And Chicago can blame Indiana all it wants. Fact is, the guns don't do any bad things in Indiana, do they? Typically. There might be an outlier here or there. But in Indiana, there aren't spiking violent crime rates like in Chicago. 
There aren't bloodbath weekends every weekend with gang thugs killing each other and just spraying bullets and killing innocent children, innocent people, and ruining people's lives. That doesn't happen in Indiana. It happens in Chicago every damn weekend. So why don't those guns cause the same mayhem in Indiana that they do in Chicago? You ever wonder that, my friends? You ever wonder why the left doesn't figure these things out? And I can't figure out why more people on the right who are for armed citizenry, who are support the Second Amendment and know what it actually says and, and mean it, I don't know why they don't hit more leftists with that argument. But they don't. But back to this piece on the Hill. There's been a great deal of policy discussion about how to reduce gun violence, but relatively little about how to reduce demand for guns themselves. Well, uh, I mean, guns are for hunting, for home security, home defense. They're fun to shoot. Just you know, A lot of people really get going to the range and target shooting. It's a great activity to do with your kids. And again, you're the parent. You decide what is age appropriate. Uh, you probably don't want to give your kid an AR-15 when they're six. Probably not the best idea. That's just part of America. And yet when people feel that they may, may have to defend themselves uh, and that they see police, their job getting tougher, yeah, they're going to want guns to defend themselves. But that's, a, that's a human nature thing. Back to this piece, one might ask how guns are advertised to the public. You'll never see an ad for a handgun or assault rifle on TV or hear it advertised on the radio, and it's unlikely you'll see an ad for one on Facebook. The main way that Americans learn about the use of guns is through the entertainment media of movies, TV. The gun industry saw this when the Dirty Harry movie showcased the 44 Magnum, a large and powerful handgun which led to a jump in U.S. sales of the Smith & Wesson Model 29. Yes, it's an iconic gun. Uh, and a 44 Magnum is, is pretty damn powerful, although there's several calibers more powerful now. Uh, still, a 44 Magnum is, is a serious, serious beast. It really is. Uh, gun manufacturers learned that Hollywood would be pleased to use guns as product placements in its films and TV shows. In 2011, the handgun maker Glock even got a Lifetime Achievement Award from the pl product placement tracking site Brand Channel for its appearances in action movies. Some people still believe that. They're called Glockheads. They're fun to mess with because they love Glocks. Glock is the only gun anyone should ever buy for any situation. It never fails. It has never had a malfunction. A Glock has never, ever had a malfunction. It is hilarious. Uh, how in the Glocks they are. And it's fun to bait them. It is. Just put the remark out there, you know. Yeah, Glock, they're okay. If you can't afford a SIG or something of that nature. They really flip out. What do you mean? Glocks are never fail. You can throw it in the mud. You can, again, you can throw... Seriously, most major manufacturers of firearms, if you buy a pistol, let's say... And you treat it with respect, okay? You you clean it regularly. Every time you shoot it, you come home, you, you take it apart, disassemble it, clean it. It's going to last a long time. And most pistols, a big brand name again, um, 
if you if you take it out of the box when you first buy it, you do your background check, take it home, buy some ammunition, take it to the range, take it out of the box, load the magazine, put the magazine in, and start shooting, it's probably going to work. Period. You will have the, the rare example of something that will malfunction. That happens to every manufacturer, but it's just fun to mess with the Glock, folks. It's a loving way. Okay, it, it's... It's the, every, every product has the snobs. Apple snobs, for instance. The people who only drive BMWs. I would never drive an Audi or Mercedes Benz. Uh, those people are fun to mess with. Always do that. Everyone has their preference, but some people take it to astronomically asinine levels. In recent years, back to this piece again, we have been examining trends in the use of guns in movies and TV. In one study, we found that the use of guns in top-grossing movies rated PG-13 open to children of all ages. Uh, actually, that's not PG-13, but it's 13 and above, and that doesn't include children of all ages. PG is parental guidance. Actually, G is for anybody. If you're going to write about movie ratings, at least get it right. Okay, fellas? Um, had increased to the point where their use was more frequent than R-rated movies. The traditional home for such violence. More recently, we examined trends in the use of guns for violent purposes in top-ranked primetime TV dramas, notably in the police, medical, and legal genres. Oh, no. Not those genres. We found that from 2000 to 2018, the amount of gun violence doubled as a percentage of those shows. Notice how they use gun violence with as a pejorative there. See, if you have a cop show, say Chicago PD, I think it's a pretty good show. But the bad guy comes out and, and the, the cops are called because he's threatening people. He starts shooting people and a cop comes, returns fire and kills the, kills the bad guy. That's all, that's all the same to the left. It's all gun violence. No, the, the evil person ki killing innocent people is evil and detestable. The cop who comes and shoots them is a hero. That should be applauded. That should be celebrated. These people that say violence never solves anything are idiots. They're absolute idiots because that is the most absurd statement I've ever heard. What killed Hitler? What killed Nazi Germany? That's right, extreme violence by countries that Germany was stupid enough to declare war on. And violence stopped Hitler. Violence stopped Japan's imperial uh, crusade uh, and, and butchery of other people. Violence does solve things. To say it doesn't and never has is, or the violence is never the answer. The hell it's not. The hell it's not. Uh, that's not a, to say that violence is never the answer is, isn't someone, someone who says that is not morally superior. They're intellectually and morally inferior. Violence is a good thing when it's directed at evil people. And it prevents innocent people from being tortured, killed, kidnapped, etc., etc. That's why all the defensive gun uses in America, the left ignores. Because it's all gun violence.
Sometimes they'll have a memorial to victims of gun violence. And sometimes they'll slip up and get exposed. Like when the Boston Marathon bombers, they were listed as victims of gun violence. One of them was the one who was shot. Actually, but they both shot. Uh, I forget how the one died, the older brother. But they were listed victims of gun violence. They were terrorists who butchered American people who were just trying to run or watch the Boston Marathon. That's not good violence? I think not. I think you're crazy. But back to this piece again. A viewer of those shows will not only see the increasing use of guns, but when there is violence, they'll see guns as a weapon of choice for inflicting harm on others. Well, guns are good tools if you need to inflict harm on someone trying to kill you, breaking in your home, uh, trying to kidnap your child, trying to beat you to death, trying to rob you when they are pulling a gun on you. Yeah, guns do work that way. And most times when guns are used in self-defense, and by the way, the CDC found that firearms are used at least as many times to stop crimes, thwart crimes, as they are to commit crimes. The left's always saying, we need the CDC to look into this. They did. That's what they found. So you might want to put that in your moral, morally superior pipe and smoke it, leftists. But again, they'll ignore that, like they ignore all good uses of guns, because guns are bad. That's it. That's where the mind of the left shuts off. The more TV shows portray the use of guns in violent scenes in a year, the greater the proportion of homicides committed with guns in that year. Correlation does, e does not equal causation, does it? I don't believe it does. And who knows if that stat's even true. I've, I've dealt with and, and what followed what I call the cult of gun control for too long. Facts mean nothing to them. It, it's the most emotional argument is the best argument in their view. Although it did so for other age groups, the relation was strongest for those ages 15 to 24. Those are the ages typically in inner cities that are in gangs. Maybe that, uh, maybe that's the reason. Gangs. Basically their argument here, these two guys, as they keep going through the, the boring language of how they reach this astounding conclusion. To see, here's one, here's one, here it is, what I'm looking for. To see if the same pattern holds for young people, we conducted an experiment using an fMRI scanner and showed similar scenes to 18 to 22 year olds. This is the use of firearms. When they saw seemingly virtuous gun violence, in other words, a cop shooting a bad guy, an armed homeowner defending himself, defending his family, uh, a carjacker getting shot by the person, the intended target. A truly, not seemingly, but truly virtuous gun, gun use, even though note they refer to it, virtuous gun violence. Again, their message is clear. There is no good use of a gun, ever. Their brains registered activation regions that signal approval. In other words, someone was watching a cop shoot a bad guy watching who know whatever scene watching a woman shoot a, a man trying to rape her and they actually thought that was a good thing sounds like they got their head screwed on straight to me when they saw gun violence that was committed uh for far for less virtuous reasons their brains registered activation regions that often coincide with dislike wow how much money was spent on this research if you had asked me 
You could have paid me a few hundred bucks or a few thousand, whatever. You could have paid me the money and I could have told you using the thing called common sense that most people, when they see a good use of a firearm, in other words, the little old lady all alone in her home and a thug kicks in the front door and is going to victimize her and kill her. She shoots him in the, in the head and defends herself. Yes, good. Show me a scene where someone is, a, a family is killed with guns for no reason by gangbangers. Bad. It's not hard. That's basic moral clarity. Apparently these two idiots don't like moral clarity because it's bad. And again, they really don't get into what they would do. I don't know if they would... Uh, there's not a lot of TV advertising for guns that I see. Uh, I don't know if they would airbrush guns out of movies. Maybe they'd cancel all TV shows, wouldn't show any broadcast movies uh, or cable movies, whatever. Yeah, maybe the, the use of firearms would be totally banned in their utopian dream world. But anyway, that's, that's the mind of the left, the mind of the cult of gun control. Guns are bad. Okay. These people are basically, on the scale of mental acuity, the cult of gun control, they are knuckle draggers, paste eaters, paint huffers. Okay. Give them some lead chips, put some sour cream or ketchup with it, and they'll probably eat it gladly. They're not intelligent. They don't believe in America, liberty, and they hate self-defense. They've been, for whatever reason, conditioned to think guns are bad. Always, in every situation. Uh, very pathetic. Let's get to a piece by Tom Knighton here. And he reports something good at Bearing Arms. Tremendous sight, by the way. Uh, Asian Americans are buying guns amid media frenzy over hate crimes. So basically the media tried to, tried to cook up a story that Trump supporters, white supremacists, because, you know, every Trump supporter is a white supremacist. Even if they're black, they're white supremacists. Even if they're Hispanic Asian, they're still white supremacists. Uh, we're hunting down Asians, basically. And, of course, they've kind of toned down. They really have gone away from uh, trying to, to put that narrative into place because all the video of Asians getting assaulted by by. I don't know if it's bigotry, hatred, stupidity. I don't know what it is. For whatever reason, these evil acts are being committed. They're being committed. Everyone I've seen has been a black person. One black woman. Or the rest were black men. Tearing up stores, assaulting Asian women. Uh, because, you know, thugs like that are so brave. But Tom Knighton writes, the media is absolutely washing reports of anti-Asian hate crimes over and over again. We're told that Asian Americans are being targeted for various crimes due to their ethnicity. Of course, data seems to be in short supply. Who needs data? We've got rhetoric, Tom. That's right, rhetoric. Facts don't matter there. Yes, Asians do seem to be getting targeted for some criminal activity, but it remains to be seen whether it's because they're Asian or some other factor. Uh, what the ones I've seen seem black on Asian. I don't know. Again, that's a few examples, though. A few examples don't prove anything, uh, unless it's it's the media cooking it up for their own benefit. Regardless, a lot of Asian Americans have decided that they're not taking any chances, and that means the uh, gun control activists. 
are not happy. Oh, there's some butt hurt coming. Story from, see the source here, KTIV.com. Some Asian Americans are buying guns for the first time as a tax fuel fear across the nation. But advocates, the advocates say firearms are not the solution. Sometimes they are. On October 1st, 1998, it was a damn good solution for me. It was a good solution for my, my, uh, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, back in the early 60s before I was even born. I had another acquaintance of mine who was a, a police officer off-duty when someone tried to carjack him and he shot him dead with a three fifty-seven Magnum. It was a good, a good thing for him. The carjacker died, not him. Millions of times each year, at least in the hundreds of thousands. Hundreds per day, guns are the solution to violent crime. And you don't hear about them much because of ideology, for one thing, of the media. But mostly you don't hear because typically the firearm is not, is not fired. It's the presence of a gun, as in my case. The sight of me holding a 45 caliber pistol at someone who was trying to raise their little nickel-plated gun, whatever it was, uh, while he's pulling down his ski mask, it caused him to run away. I'm glad it was that outcome. But about 94% of the time, no one is shot in defensive gun uses. They see a person with a firearm. They see a person pull a firearm, aim a firearm at them, and they run like hell. They don't want it. They look, they're looking. Typically, criminals look for, for easy targets. That's why most burglaries are cold burglaries instead of hot burglaries. Hot burglary means that they come in while you're home. And that's a serious problem. I've seen some, some pretty horrifying uh, videos from people who have the cameras inside their home. And some of these have been stopped, sometimes by citizens with a gun called an AR-15. And the cult of gun control hates that far more than any, even though it's rarely used in crimes. But again, it all depends on, this, on whether or not guns are solution, what's the problem. They've often been the solution. Not to mention people who have had to use firearms to ward off or kill rabbit animals. Or snakes in some cases. I remember when I was five, maybe six, uh, we lived in a, a frame home and it was up on cinder blocks. So there was a big area underneath the house that was, you know, open. The dogs would get under there in the Florida heat and in the shade. But one day, uh, after my dad came home from work, he discovered a rattlesnake under the house. And since I was six, I played in the yard all the time. We had dogs. They went out all the time. Dog went under the, the porch all the time in the house. Uh, he decided to kill the snake. So he got his twenty-two pistol. I still remember this. First time I ever you saw somebody use a firearm that I remember. He got down, laid down, and the, the snake was about in the middle of the house. It was a sunny day, so you could see fairly well. And and who was it? My grandfather was holding a flashlight, but you could see he could see the snake, and he did uh, just pow with a pistol. Really, my dad was an excellent shot. Uh, I saw him do some work once with the same twenty-two pistol with rat shot in it, and there were some rats under this porch, and basically they stuck a 
a hose to ferret the rats out, and the rats started coming out from under the porch. And I must oh, my dad, rat after rat, he bowed them down. Pow, pow, pow. It was very impressive. He was a bad man with a farm. I think he had a natural, natural tendency to it. Uh, I'm a decent shot. He was really, really good. Uh, but anyway, enough of that. Enough of my childhood and rattlesnakes. I know firsthand that guns don't make us safe, said Poe Murray, the chairwoman of the New Newtown Action Alliance. That's a big group in the uh, in the cults of gun control. You know firsthand that guns don't make you safe. Guns make millions of Americans safe every year because they stop violent crimes against Americans every year. No, not every American with a firearm successfully ex successfully defends themselves. They have to, to use their weapon. But a lot more do. So Poe Murray needs to do a little bit of digging. The Newtown Action Alliance, which is described here as a national grassroots gun violence prevention group. No, it's not. They hate firearms because of a personal tragedy that happened to them. And no one's heart breaks more for them than mine. Because no one hates evil more than me. Uh, this group was formed after 2012 Sandy Hook shooting. A reminder that the person that committed that shooting was met with a school that was a gun-free zone. No one there to offer any resistance. He killed his own mother to steal a rifle. Maybe, you know, if schools took at that time security, armed security more seriously. There's a good chance he wouldn't even have tried because a lot of times all these the mass shootings especially happen at gun-free zones. Maybe the criminals are crazy and evil, but they're not stupid. They want to go where they can, like any predator, where they can have the most success. They're evil. It is a common myth that a good guy with a gun will keep us safe from a bad guy with a gun, Murray added. Remember the church in White Settlement, Texas? Not too long ago, well, maybe a year ago, guy came in shooting, shot one prisoner, uh, shot a second prisoner, uh, who was in the, the, the process of drawing his pistol, and then uh, several other people in the church, there's a big image of it, had firearms. But there was one gentleman who was, who was very well trained, and I believe he instructed people in the use of firearms. And he, uh, he popped the guy in the head and did it very quickly. So that gun and that man's proficiency made all people in that church, except for those two tragic deaths, safe. It certainly would have been much worse had no one had a firearm. But Poe Murray, again, is involved in rhetoric and disarming people rather than, uh, rather than solving crime or, or saving lives. Murray and other Asian-American activists across the country are concerned that people seeking a sense of security are opting to buy guns. Meanwhile, a new group wants to help Asians learn how to handle and shoot handguns if they cho choose. Good. That's a responsible thing to do. I've told people, many people, they ask me because I write about firearms on the blog and comment on, on these podcasts as if I'm an expert. Believe me, I'm not. But what kind of gun should I use? What kind of gun should I buy? And I always tell them, look, go to a gun range, do some research, look at some firearms, look what you want to spend, look what you want to use it for, and then go to gun ranges, 
go to one if you can rent certain firearms. And if you've got three or four you're looking at that are in your cost range, it's very important to how a gun feels in your hand. Of the, of the semi-automatic pistols I own or have owned, some I've sold back, uh, there's some that the, the trigger and my finger and my eye and the sights just all work together and I'm much more accurate. I'm not terrible with any of them. I'm pretty good with all of them. But that one is just pow. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's just the way it goes. Another person with similar shooting ability to me, you might give them the same firearm and they might not be that proficient at all. And they might be proficient with one I can't hit the broadside of a barn from. It's just differences, so it takes some, some time. You have to put some effort into it uh, and talk to people who know what they're talking about. Uh, and I'm probably not the best person, but I'll give them the common sense advice. Uh, so, yeah, it's good to train with firearms. I think firearm safety should be taught in schools. Why the hell not? Don't we teach safe sex? Don't doesn't the left say they want accidental uses, accidental injuries and death from from students, children, to be lower? Well, why not teach the students in school how to be safe? They might stick. It might save a life. It might save some grievous injuries. And it it's not that hard because there's so many people out there who could come in and and give the talk. And demonstrate what is safe, what is not. What to do, again, depending on the age of the student, what do you do when you find a firearm? It's been laying out. Maybe maybe they go to a friend's house who has firearms. Who knows? But teaching gun safety would be a common sense approach. But again, the left is not about common sense. Basically, as, as uh, Tom Knighton writes here, uh, Murray is wrong. Not having a gun when you need one makes you unsafe. People being so afraid of guns they won't let people talk openly about firearm education makes us unsafe. Pretending that becoming a victim somehow makes you morally superior makes people unsafe. This guy thinks just like me. That means he's a smart guy. Look, having a firearm won't necessarily prevent a hate crime. In and of itself, it probably won't. What it will do, however, is make it so the target of a hate crime can fight back and protect themselves and others from such an act. Frankly, Knighton writes, the idea that not having a firearm is some ideal situation baffles me. How can you scream about an influx of racially motivated attacks and still somehow think it's a bad thing for people in that same ethnic group to not get a firearm for self-defense? It literally makes no sense. And this is a question I've asked people who... Uh, are dead set against guns many times. Do you have a fire extinguisher in your home? Yeah. Well, or does that mean you're terrified? You have an irrational fear of, of fire? No. Oh, but if I need it, I said that's, that's exactly why I own firearms. If I need it. It's not out of some irrational fear. It's to be prepared. And a couple of them have actually seen the connection, the reality there. Uh, most don't, but it's the same principle. Be prepared. But here we go. I want to make this the, the final story today because I've flapped my gums too much. I'm going to forgo telling you all how 
evil, evil, evil cartoon villains Republicans really are. Especially Ron DeSantis and Ted Cruz and damn Trump. Especially them. No, I'm going to save that for later. That piece is on Salon. And uh, Salon where bad writers go to get even worse. This story is about a court order that uh, I could not believe when I read the headline. I kept reading it and going, they can't be. But here's a headline. This is the timesunion.com. Court orders upstate woman to remove Confederate flag or risk custody of a child. This is an odd story for one reason. She doesn't have a Confederate flag. What she does have, we'll discover in a minute. This is from Albany, New York. Appellate justices in Albany on Thursday uh, ordered a woman in Tompkins County to remove a rock, a rock, from her driveway that is painted with a Confederate flag. So they actually painted the rock with the flag, or is there an image of the flag painted on the rock? Maybe that's it. Or risk a change of circumstances in the custody case of her multiracial daughter. Whoa, does that sound like a, a judicial body threatening a woman that, you know, you want to keep custody of your child? Then you better not have a Confederate flag painted on a rock in your driveway. And uh, the appellate justices, there's five of them on this court, were unanimous, equally stupid on this decision, equally status. All of them ruled, ruled for it. Uh, allow the couple to retain joint custody of the child. Uh, the, the child was born in 2014 and attends school in the Dryden Central School District, which is east of Ithaca. So there's joint custody uh, of this child, who is apparently seven, but if the Confederate flag decorated rock is not removed by June 1st, the day of infamy, the day they'll never forget, the day the Confederate flag rock died, and mankind was safe. Maybe I should do movie trailers, I don't know. But on June 1st, family court would be obliged to factor its presence into any future best interest analysis regarding the child, stated Justice Stanley Prick. Oh, I'm sorry, Stanley Pritzker, who apparently has never read the United States Constitution uh, and who authored a decision by the Appellate Division of State Supreme Court's Third Department, which is the second, the state's second highest court. That's a hell of a name. The Appellate Division of State Supreme Court's Third Department, which is the second highest court in the state. So there. Uh, the mother... Only identified as Christine Beebe. I hope that's not Beebe as in gun, because that could be another strike against you, woman. Testified at a fact-finding hearing that she had a rock. Shocking confession time. She had a rock with a Confederate flag painted on it at her home. Pritzker said in a ruling. In response to questioning, the mother... Testified that she has never used any racial slurs in front of the child at all, the ruling said. Prisker noted that neither Tompkins County Judge Joseph Cassidy, 
who presided over the matter in 2018, nor the child's law guardian had addressed the mother's possession of a small Confederate flag painted on a rock near her driveway. So now it's near her driveway. It's one of those walking rocks. It moves itself around, apparently. But appellate justices took up the issue. Given that the child is a mixed race, it would seem apparent that the presence of the flag is not in the child's best interest, as the mothers must encourage and teach the child to embrace her mixed race identity. Why would that rock prevent that? In fact, maybe, I don't know the, the lineage, I don't know if her family has any Confederate ancestors, but or, or ancestors from, from the South, uh, God's country as we call it. I don't know if, if that is, is real or not, but maybe it's part of her heritage. Part of her identity, Mr. Prick Judge. Uh, rather than thrust her into a world that only makes sense to the tortured lens of cognitive dissonance. Dissonance. Dissonance, I say. That's what Pritzker wrote. Pritzker the prick. Father, and viewed pragmatically the presence of a confederate flag as a symbol inflaming the already strained relationship between parties. As such, while recognizing that the First Amendment protects the mother's right to display the flag if it is not removed by June 1st, 2021, its continued presence shall constitute a change in circumstances, and family court shall factor this into any future best interest analysis. In short, we're going to take your custody away if you don't remove this rock that made us but hurt. Justices John Egan, Sharon Aarons, Molly Reynolds Fitzgerald, and John Colangelo concurred with the ruling. So there's just as bad as Prick, uh, Prick I mean Pritzker, excuse me. Uh, the father identified as uh, Isaiah CC. Was he an engine? Uh, he's a motorcycle engine, apparently. Or maybe a, mo a uh, lawnmower, I don't know. Was represented by Ithaca attorney Andrea J. Mooney. The child's law guardian, uh, which is an Ithaca-based attorney, uh, told the Times Union he believed the mother had moved into the residence only recently and was not sure if she was responsible for the rock's presence. How did the rock get there? A 12-hour documentary coming too soon, soon to CNN. The Confederate Rock News Network. Good Lord. Maybe we can call John Walsh in. Maybe he can, he's good at finding people. Maybe he can find out the history of this rock. If only his wife had watched her young child in the store like a real mother. But he supported the court's reasoning. I think it's appropriate, Leifer said. Uh, but the attorney said he thinks the flag-related portion of the ruling could create opportunities for parties to litigate political views and opinions that inflame a strained relationship and create tension that's not in the best interest of a child. I think parties will now raise objections, he said, to many symbols and opinions held by the other party, including some that the majority of society does not find offensive. Maybe, I don't know, maybe one of the two parties eats all the crust from a pot pie first, or maybe they save it to last and eat all the insides first, like I do, like normal people do. My, fr frankly, I think if you eat the crust for pot pie together with the filling or before the filling, you should never have a child. How about that? 
That's about as much sense. That's about as much sense as this this uh, <coughs> this appellate court's decision makes. Leifer said, "What's having to have to happen is this: if the issue is raised, the court will need to hear evidence of the child, how the child's well-being is negatively affected by a parent's views and opinions. In some cases, this will be easy, such as if a child is being indoctrinated into a hate group." But in many cases, it won't be so easy. Sounds like the judge has some problem with some hate and ignorance to me. But what do I know? I don't live in the shithole state of New York. Excuse my French. And it's only the city that's a shithole, I should point that out. Not the, not the rest of New York where normal people live. Can you tell I'm not a fan of New York City? That's right, you snap my head. You talking to me? I don't freaking like New York. You got a freaking problem with that? Well, you're a freaking Mets fan, too? Buy yourself a Yankee set, you snap ahead. Anyway, folks, that is it for me and my fake New York accent. Oh, I'm so talented. Sometimes I like to sleep myself, sleep with myself. Actually, I do every night because I am that good. That's right, ladies. Anyway, thank you for listening. God bless you. I do appreciate the patronage. Listen, morning, noon, night. Hell, listen all the time if you want to, but I appreciate it when you do. If you want to support thedelegator.com, go to the website located at, interestingly enough, delegator.com. And uh, just hit the first post. There's a PayPal button there. Feel free. appreciate it if you do. If you don't, that's fine, too. And if you want to support this podcast, The Daily Gator Daily Thought, the world's most dangerous podcast, offending liberals on a daily basis because I've got a purpose in life. And if you want to support that, my friends, uh, or offer criticisms, whatever, send me notes, tell me. But if you want to support it financially, that means monetarily. That means cash. Uh, you can go to Doug uh, anchor.dughagen and contribute there or at the daily gator too uh thank you again i appreciate it remember the three golden rules of life my friends if you're left you just a right god bless america and yes go gators and i'll add a fourth today just to piss off a certain judge in new york god bless general lee and general jackson and jeb stewart too y'all take care we'll see you later bye bye for now